0: I'm Dave Monaco, the Alan Meyer Family Head of School at Parish Episcopal School. Welcome to the From My Angle podcast. In this edition of the podcast, I offer another in my series of interviews with recent parish graduates. Cole Jones is a parish lifer from a two-decade parish family. Cole began a parish day in the year 2000, watched his older sisters Rachel and Maddie graduate from parish Episcopal, and then crossed the graduation stage himself in 2014. This past spring, he graduated from USC as an industrial and systems engineer, and he has recently begun working at SpaceX, Elon Musk's company intent on putting human life into space. Cole's recent graduation from college belies how much learning and self-development he has squeezed into the last four years. In this episode, we explore how he took initiative to pursue global travel and internship opportunities that proved to be critical complements to his USC education. I know you will enjoy the wisdom Cole has to share in this conversation. Cole Jones, welcome to the From My Angle podcast. How's it uh, out in California this morning?
1: Beautiful. It's a beautiful morning, 7.30 a.m. on my way to work.
0: Get, getting into uh, into SpaceX for uh, another another day of tackling the challenges uh, as you're just a couple of months into your new position, and we'll talk about that a little bit later in the podcast. But as we're doing on all these uh, alumni uh, podcast episodes, want to just uh, scroll back and get your parish backstory. You're uh, you're you're part of a of a two decade uh, of a two decade parish family, uh, and so tell us uh, tell us about your journey, and then we'll uh, we'll fill the listeners in as well on your uh, on your siblings too.
1: Yeah, sure. So I originally came to uh, Parish, I think in 2000. um, And I was in preschool and I had a couple of older sisters uh, that were three and six years older than me who were also attending Parish. Um, And this is back at the old campus. And I basically stayed there my entire um, childhood. I graduated in 2014 um, and decided to to attend USC. Um, come out to California. And so that's where I am now.
0: Yeah. So your, your older, your older sisters, Rachel and Maddie, uh, you know, uh, kind of paved the way for you, but by the time you were done, uh, mom mom and dad had had spent close to two decades. In fact, I think just a little bit more than two decades on parish day and parish Episcopal's campuses. So uh, certainly a lot of exposure and experience points over that way. And really in that time that you were at parish, I mean, you and your family lived through, uh, the transition and emergence of parish episcopal out of parish day do you do you have any uh recollections though you were uh you know just kind of in your upper elementary kind of middle school years do you have any recollections of uh of that transition and and what it was like to experience it as a as a student
1: yeah, I actually do uh cause my sister was one of the first classes to ever graduate um, parish episcopal high school, and so I remember when we added a high school and I didn't really understand I was I was at a very young age I didn't really understand that there was high school I thought other than it was like straight to college so that was sort of interesting to, to see and to <laughs> to watch the temporary housing uh the temporary classrooms come in for a while on, on the lower campus I remember that um but I, it was fun to see the entire evolution of parish even you know at, at a younger age
0: yeah. So they added they added uh, some classroom space in in uh, flexible uh, and, and sort of remote classrooms over at Hillcrest as the school added, you know, added some grades there. And then, uh, of course, the transition to the uh, to the to the big campus over here. I suspect the first time you walked uh, walked in this building uh, coming off the Hillcrest campus just to see your sisters while you were still over at Hillcrest. Uh, were probably amazed at the difference between the <laughs> between the two the two structures and the and the two campuses
1: oh absolutely it was it was a massive um, event I remember you know the the grand opening and it was just it was just such an exciting time to be there um, and to watch to watch my two mentors my sisters you know go there and sort of look up to them and all their friends and look forward to to moving on to the bigger campus so it was an exciting day that first day
0: and um, indeed Rachel I think was class of uh of oh of oh nine I think maybe the, the the eight the um second second or third class and went on to Baylor and then uh your sister Maddie went uh on and again paved the way and went out to USC just uh, just before before you did you I mean even as a class member in the class of 2014 <clears throat> you know that was still a relatively young upper school at the time and so you were uh, big into athletics and and certainly spent a lot of your time there, but uh, you you also had some pretty seminal uh, leadership experiences bringing uh, the, the still nascent, still emerging honor council in the upper school to, to life. What was uh, what was really uh, powerful for you as a, as a young leader uh, in, in the involvement in the honor council?
1: Yeah. So the honor council in part was, you know, meeting and, and holding others accountable. But to me, it was mostly uh, leading by example. Um, So being a presence in the classroom, being a presence presence in the common area, um, and just establishing a foundation of honor and living by principle, uh, to me was the most important part of that. Um, And that was sort of where I feel like I made the most impact with the Honor Council.
0: Yeah, and I know as we'll talk about kind of the enduring legacies of Paris that that you've carried with you, uh, that uh, kind of value formation and, and your relational skills with others uh, are are I think two things that you would cite as really uh, sustaining influences of your of your parish experience as you 've moved on and uh, beyond the the gates of this campus and, and out to your your work today so into u s c you you went and uh, you know i think um, i admire um, I admire the way you tackled uh, your university experience for marrying uh, a really strong commitment to your academic development with uh, what I would, what I would suggest was really uh, life perspective, al- um, altering experiences outside of the classroom. So, you know, tell us about your major and, and you know, kind of what you studied, but, you know, I want to segue a little bit into how you really amplified your collegiate experience through global travel and, and your internships.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, I was in sort of the same position as most uh, most seniors are or juniors are when they're trying to figure out where they're going to school. Um, and I decided to take that that awkward first step and, and make my way out to California. Uh, my sister had sort of convinced me to come out here uh, and try it out. Um, and I had I was set on um, an engineering degree. I had I had awesome teachers you know, in high school who inspired me in physics and mathematics and calculus. Um, and I had an awesome foundation there. So I was like, okay, let's take the next step and see what, what engineering holds for me. Um, and that was, that was definitely a, a large part of my college experience. A couple other things I got involved in, to break the ice right away and meet as many people as I could. I joined a fraternity, uh, stepped up in a leadership position there right away. That was awesome. Um, great way to meet meet, uh, motivated people establish a network um, and somewhere where it's very you know in an unfamiliar place mm-hmm. um, and then I also joined the alumni association which serves as a liaison between undergraduates and alumni uh, so mm-hmm. I was able to connect with with uh, and establish again a network in California of uh, people older than me who had established their professional networks and were mm-hmm. able to sort of provide uh, mentorship to me um, so that was the school side of things but my first summer was when I, when I, was when I really started, uh, you know, branching out globally. So I had sent a couple cold emails. Um, basically, one of my friends said they wanted to work on a boat. I said, no, I want to work on a boat. I sent those emails uh, and got one response and I was able to uh, maneuver my way as a deckhand um, in the Bahamas working for this crazy captain and his wife on a chartering boat. Uh, so that was, that was, I just remember being so nervous on my flight over. Um and that was sort of that first that first time that I felt that way. I was like, this is really exciting. Like this is an adventure. I'm right. doing alone. Um and that was, you know, my first step uh into seeing like diff- how different cultures work, how different people work um outside of America.
0: Yeah, and that's and, been such a that's been such a consistent theme as we'll explore in your future opportunities with you and you know when you've come back and been gracious enough to Spend time with the students in our leadership institute, or I've had you talk to other students here. You know, it, it is really about um, it's really about the cold. It's really about the cold call, right? It's about that um, these steps of commitment into the unknown and uh, into into the ambiguity, as they say out there in the Silicon Valley world of of entrepreneurs. With that, um, you know, either instinctively or by the coaching and mentoring you got from some of those folks that you that you met out there in the alumni association or what have you um, you've really demonstrated to, uh, the, the, the young people, uh, that I think should be, uh, paying attention to your trajectory. Um, you know, the, the kind of the fearlessness and exploratory spirit that leads to new opportunity.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, that was just my first step, right? It's Like, right. Okay. I've gotten, I've gotten a taste of it. Now I have the bug. Yeah. Uh, so from there, I, I decided to go abroad and, uh, New Zealand was, was this uh, place I'd seen obviously on Instagram and I'd seen the crazy pictures and I wanted to, to take a more outdoors approach to adventure. Uh, so I, I studied abroad there and on the way I stopped in Asia. Um, and then the rest is sort of history. Like I, I just got back uh, recently from a trip in uh, Nepal and India. I, I did a lot of that alone and, and, you know, my sister joined me for a part of it. But what? what I was able to do there was I was like okay I'm seeing these places I'm moving around but I kind of want to settle down in a community so I settled down in a community in Nepal um in the outskirts of Kathmandu and I lived in an orphanage um it's called it was called an ashram which is essentially a spiritual community um but there were about 200 people 120 students and uh about probably like 40 or 50 adults um and only five of them spoke good English so I was the only the only Westerner there um, so that it was definitely an uncomfortable experience. Probably the most uncomfortable one I've had. Um, but in the end, I was able to sort of, you know, teach the kids during the day, help out on an organic farm and a cow shed at night um, and just do what I could to make that community better. Um, and so th- that that to me is like that next step after you know getting outside of my comfort zone is finding. A, a broader community that, that was, you know, that I'm humbled. Um, let me in.
0: Yeah. And it, the, um, it, when you were here at parish, you know, parish abroad, which is now a, a, a frankly, a, a kind of thriving, um, uh, global travel, uh, program that we, that we launched in earnest in 2016 wasn't even in formation. So, you know, for most of the folks that came out of parish in your generation, uh, global travel was uh, still the place of, of the uh, semester away uh, that uh, many have when they get to, to, um, to, to the college of their choice. Uh, I think, again, unique to yours and instructive for families that are listening, students that are listening, is how you really partnered or married the traditional global abroad experience, the trip to New Zealand, which was through the university, and then what you, what you hinged onto it uh, were uh, really self-guided, sometimes solo and sometimes with one friend, uh, you know, uh, um, unscripted uh, discovery trips on, on, the, on, on either the front end or the back end, which again, as you just said, replicated this past summer a little bit with Maddie in Nepal. So, you know, this, uh, these sort of add-on uh, trips, these discovery trips that you've had, what has been the kind of most powerful thing for you in doing those in addition to the curated uh, structured trips that a university might offer?
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's a great, that's a great question. I mean, to me, it's, it's being alone for part of it. Um, I was able to see things uh, just a little bit differently and Mm -hmm. you can really, you can really take as much in as possible and experience as much as you can and then reflect on it right after. So, um, to me, it was just seeing and meeting different people um, who were entirely different from me and who I didn't even know, you know, that their life was a possibility for me, right? It's like, right. When, you're, when you're living day to day here, you think things are normal, you get almost like in, in a bit of a bubble. So it's nice to burst that every once in a while and see, oh, this is another way. Like, this is another option. This is another, you know, foundation or uh, like a principle that someone else lives by that I'd never heard of before. Um, so seeing those different religions, seeing those different, um, you know, spiritual experiences, different personalities, um, was the, was my main takeaway from, you know, traveling alone.
0: Yeah. And we visited, you know, pretty regularly since, since you graduated. And I, and I've seen that in, in your own, uh, in your own, uh, development is, is, uh, sort of a, a greater understanding and affirmation of who you are as a person and what you stand for and what's important to you, what you value, what you aspire for uh, in in the in the reflection or in the context of what you've experienced through these global experiences. And so, you know, I think uh, you've really leveraged those to um, honor and respect uh, what you've seen that's different from uh, who you are, but really to secure uh, many of the foundational things that are that are kind of guiding your life uh, at this point, even as a relatively young twenty-something.
1: Yeah, yeah,
0: know, and that's I think been part a part a part of it. So let's talk a little bit about the internships too, because again, global travel is fantastic and and a, and a great uh, a great perspective broadening uh, experience as we've discussed, but. You know, you've also been able to parlay um, your network and your, and your uh, initiative into some pretty terrific uh, summer uh, internships. So let's talk about a couple of those and, and what you had an opportunity to do in those, in those experiences.
1: Yeah. So it was my sophomore year and I figured it was about time to get an internship and make, make a little bit of money. Uh, so, I mean, coming off, coming off a boat, like I made probably about a dollar an hour and it wasn't really a long-term career. Uh, so I decided to, um, take my hand in engineering and there I had a friend whose dad worked at Stanford. So Mm -hmm. I was able to sort of leverage my way into a job at uh, the Stanford linear accelerator doing some electrical, um, engineering work. Mm -hmm. And there I, that was, that was an awesome experience to me. Internships are sort of like experiments, like, okay, I'll try this out, uh, try my hand at this and see if I really like it Mm -hmm. Uh, to me it was a little too technical and I saw a lot of like higher level process issues um, with how they were managing their project Mm -hmm. it was a giant telescope massive engineering project um, and I was sort of focused on the nitty-gritties of it and
2: Mm
1: -hmm. uh, that was a little frustrating for me so I decided to try my hand at uh, something else which is uh, well I applied to um, SpaceX which is a company whose mission is to make human life multiplanetary
2: mm-hmm. uh, in the
1: next decade or so so Elon Musk runs the company uh, he also runs Tesla at the same time no idea how he does it but <laughs> but uh there here um I'm able to look at you know higher business process uh, issues and see okay you know this is an inefficiency this is a bad way to manage the company mm-hmm. um let's try and solve this uh so I had an internship here i was sort of introduced to it um, and have now signed full-time um and work and i'm working as an operations engineer
0: and in in that process of doing a lot more uh, coding and uh, re- really work in areas that your studies at usc had not taken you into correct
1: yeah that's right so industrial systems engineering is a very broad degree um it, it provides you a little taste of a couple of different uh, engineering disciplines. Mm-hmm. Um, but but it, it, it gave me the foundation for sure. And so did Parrish and physics and math. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's definitely, to me, like in, in high school and college, it's about learning to learn because skills are demanded. Um, and this, it's so volatile uh, and it's ever-changing. So mm-hmm. in the next 10 years, I'm not even sure if the skills I'm learning right now will be the hard skills I'm learning right now will be super valuable right um, but again in parish college and now in my time at SpaceX like the um, some of the most important skills that I'm developing are the soft ones. Mm-hmm. it's you know setting an example um, being a good te- team member mm-hmm. like creating a, an environment conducive to hard and meaningful work um, and and just be knowing how to be a leader uh, even, even at like the lowest position, um, is, is super important to me and Mm -hmm. something that I'm trying to develop, uh, continuously.
0: Yeah. And we're trying to figure out, um, as, as, as you know, how to, how to reimagine the school context here, uh, for what our mission statement now calls it didn't at the time you were here, but the mission statement now calls this complex global society that you're right smack dab in the, in, in the middle of, but, um, you know, I, as, as much as uh, Parrish has done a phenomenal job preparing um, our students to go out into the, the, the world of higher education and and then on the to the real world. my supposition uh, shared here by uh, those that uh, help me execute the program and envision where it's going is that you know we, we have to create um, less standardization, less less construct, um, in, in the school experience here, you know, from the articulation of courses in solo disciplines, for example, to um, you know, the uh, sort of regurgitative experience of just consuming content and spitting it back on a test, you know, to create more open-ended problem-based learning experiences and then assess not just the, the content that's articulated in those learning experiences, but the habits of work that you're talking about collaborative um, collaborative skills, persistence, uh, you know, the ability to, to be, uh, demonstrate, uh, creativity, uh, the elements of punctuality, like these things have to be, um, enumerated in how we assess and, and report, uh, on student progress. So this is very much, uh, uh, front of, front of mind for us and, and the community here knows we're, uh, you know, poking the bear to try to, uh, advance the school model to, uh, take into account that very point you made, which is a decade from now, your your skill set, um, the hard skill set may be irrelevant. And if that's the case for you, imagine the pre-K students who are uh, the age Cole Jones was when he came to parish in 2000 now. I mean, they're, they're going to graduate from here in 2033. So I say that all the time, just to reset for everyone that, you know, our present student body here, the youngest of them are going to launch into a very different world, I think, um, in, a, in a decade in a decade and a half. If you were sitting on, kind of on a consultancy team for uh, for me back here at parish, and had, you know, two or three things that you said, hey, you know, just rolling back, had a great parish experience, loved it, formative uh, physics, math, great experiences for me. The character uh, formation is terrific. But here are a couple of things I'd recommend based on my perch now sitting out uh, in my first job, Silicon Valley, you know, uh, Complex Global Society. What would you say we should be doing more of?
1: Yeah, I think, okay, that's a a tough question. So I think the, my first answer uh, is is basically what you've already said. Project-based learning. Uh, To Mm -hmm. me, I've learned the most (laughs) on a project where I have no idea what, you know, what, how even to diagnose the problem. Right. Um, So so throwing, basically throwing super difficult problems um, at kids
2: Mm -hmm. and seeing,
1: you know, how they can react. And it's not about like actually solving the issue, especially when in school. Yep. It's about how they interact with others it's about you know what sort of um processes are they going through to come to the solution what's their yeah. logic behind you know their proposal yeah. um, and so that that's it that's you know one part of it. It sounds like you're moving that way, and the mm-hmm. other would be um, i think I think one of the most valuable things I got from Parrish was just establishing like a moral foundation mm-hmm. um, you know having having chapel every day and being able to, uh, find mentors within SpaceX mm-hmm. who, you know, not only guided me on an educational path, but also just on a personal growth path.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I think that was, you know, one of the, one of, one of the, my main takeaways was I, I was able to, you know, develop a, a principle of foundation, um, on, of how to live and just how to be a good person. So I think, I think you're, you're, you, got, you guys are in the right. Uh, going in the right direction.
0: Yeah, I love that observation. In fact, we talk about being a both-and school, or are really leveraging the upside of both change and stability. So on the change side, it's uh, you know recognizing this world is changing and thinking about a, an educational experience that is you know uh, um, less standardized, uh, more oriented toward the personal gifts and and strengths and, and readiness of uh, of students, um, and and being really clear about moving uh, the work that our students are doing away from what's the right answer, is this going to be on the test, that there is one right answer to those more open-ended problems and questions and challenges that you're talking about, but at the same time not losing uh, in that um, sort of blush of innovation a uh, recognition of the fact that for, you know, 46 years uh, Parish Day and Parish Episcopal have, um, you know, through our commitment to our Episcopal identity really taken very seriously the the, the character and spiritual development of our students. So, you know that's a delicate balance for uh, any innovator, uh, an innovative uh, entity, organization, school, person to uh, to balance. But we're intent on on doing that. I think for the very reasons uh, the very reasons that you identify. Um, so, what lies ahead in terms of your uh, project work? Maybe give us a little glimpse of the task that you're working on now as we close out this edition. Like, what have what's been your first what's been your first task or challenge in your opening days at uh, SpaceX?
1: Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. Um, so essentially SpaceX, uh, the, the job is to deliver um, a rocket every two weeks, right? And so there's uh, tens of thousands of parts that go into a rocket. Uh, so optimizing the processes that go behind uh, those parts and being able to you know, track every part uh, mm-hmm. on its way to the rocket uh, is, is essential. And that's sort of the task that my team um, has been challenged with and that we'll be working on over the next couple of months is, uh, ensuring that ensuring that, you know, the, the process end to end is as, is as optimal as possible yep. and as cost effective as possible.
0: Yeah. So it's basically just a big internal supply chain project for SpaceX to make sure everything you need for that rocket is, is getting to the place it needs to be at on the exact time it needs to be there for the, for the, for the right cost. Exactly exactly yep. sounds like a lot of a lot of data analysis partner sounds like what you got your hands around yeah
1: tons, tons <laughs> of data but i'm excited for the, for the time uh, you
0: should you should be we're proud of you and look forward to uh your future visits back to back to dallas and uh, engagement with our kids and community and uh, uh wish you all the wish you all the best as you as you build your as you build your career thanks for joining us on the from my angle podcast
1: thanks a lot mr monaco
0: Thank you for listening to this edition of the From My Angle podcast. Please share it with friends and colleagues in your network. We have exciting conversations with innovators, educators, and parish community members planned for upcoming episodes, so please plan to join us. In the meantime, thank you for listening to the From My Angle podcast.